0: Welcome to SRG's podcast, The Think Bigger Series, a business podcast aimed at tackling key issues around the workplace and inspiring positive change. This podcast is hosted by me, Jacob Midwinter, Sales and Client Solutions Director at SRG.
1: And me, Philippa Clark, Operations Manager for SRG's Southern Hub.
0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Think Bigger Series. Um, I am really thrilled um, that we have a very cool guest today. and uh, talking about a topic that is very close to my heart. Um, but Philippa, you've joined me again, which is fantastic. And um, this is somebody that you reached out to because you've been really appre- impressed with uh, what's been going on with this company. So um, I'll hand over to you to introduce our guest today uh, and talk to our audience about why, um, why we've got him on. So uh, over to you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jacob. So yeah, I was, um, I've been working um, with Liam now for the past sort of coming up to three years. Um, So I first started working with Liam when he joined his company. And I've just really watched Liam completely change things in terms of the culture, implementing change. And as an outsider looking in, it's been great to watch that journey and just see the positive impact that that's had on the business, um, for the business, for the employees and i thought it'd be great to talk through that journey today um, to help our network whether it be a new company that's setting out that's about to go on this culturally journey or whether it's a company that perhaps is facing some challenges and wants to sort of turn the ship around so i just thought it'd be great to introduce liam and just really hear about what he's done and how he's achieved that
0: awesome sounds good so liam um (laughs) this is liam taylor um CEO of Axel um, Liam welcome to our podcast
2: morning guys thanks for thanks for having me and uh, and Philippa thank you for the kind words that you that you uh, said about the change that you've seen and witnessed as, a, as an outsider around axel Biosciences over the last couple of years really proud to be involved in it and again thank you for for both yourself and Jacob for allowing me some time this morning to talk about it
0: no, really really looking forward to it so um, Liam you've been at Axel, coming up to three years, um, or two years and eight months, as, as you've reminded me. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. um, what we get, what, what we talk, about, how to create this positive workplace culture. Um, I think culture is getting talked about more and more. Um, and I think when we go through tough times, um, as the economy is at the moment, um, some would say as we're going into this tough time, um, and we know that there's uh, certain talent shortages. Um etc hiring, I think culture becomes even more important. Um, yep. So it would be great to, I guess have a little dimmer into what um, what you see is important in creating that positive workplace culture. Um, if you can give an overview of that, that would be fantastic, and then I'm sure Philippa and I will have lots of questions um, following
2: on. No, that'd be great. So I think it's probably best to, to to really start back at the beginning, you know, to provide a little bit of context for the listeners of the podcast to help them relate and understand the journey and the, and the situation that myself and and the leadership team and the board at Axel have been hugely supportive on this journey um, over the last couple of years. But um, I was approached to. Join Axel, um, a terrific stem cell IPSC uh, research and product organisation out of Cambridge. Um, loads of wonderful customers all over the world, customers that kept coming back to, to Axel. But I was brought in hard to affect positive change uh, within the organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the business was struggling, uh, we had staff retention issues, we had uh, some customers in the service part of our business that were not particularly satisfied. Um, you know, we had a founder uh, CEO who did an amazing job of getting early revenues and bringing those customers to the table, but um, to, to his credit, got to the point where well, I need to bring someone else in who has been here before and, and is, understands where we need to go. But walking into the situation, uh, it was very clear that there was a leadership vacuum on the back of the departure of that previous CEO and founder. Um, that The business itself in terms of its workforce was probably not at the level of maturity that, that I've been used to working at and one that I would expect, uh, particularly serving, serving a global customer base with some amazing names in there, uh, which I'm hugely proud of. But what was very clear um, is that what you're looking for is to get the basic fundamentals right. And for me, throughout my career, those fundamentals have been around getting the right values in the organisation. Okay. And uh, so, you know, there wasn't any uh, at that point in time. I, I chose to pick uh, four that had served me well throughout my career. Um, performance and accountability, mm-hmm. transparency and honesty. Uh, and the, and the honesty one was a little bit strange because for me, that's a, that's a hygiene factor of any, of any individual, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so, but, but needless to say, that's what we had to put in place. And, and I was absolutely uh, belligerent and ruthless with around walking and talking those behaviors and everything that I did with, the, with, with, with the team and with the, with the individuals in the business and any behaviors that I saw that were different to that, there was a, a, a quiet conversation with the individual, just to help understand why. Always seek to understand first, never judge initially. Um, and, and try and, and look at the, the way they've reacted or the response that they've given based on the situation that they're in at that point in time. And, uh, and then help shape their mindset to, to, to change and to, and to embrace those values that you wanna have in the organization. So they were the they were the four that we originally kicked off at. But I think as the podcast goes on, I can tell the the journey as we merged another business, um, how they morphed, and then how they became not just my values, but 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 also um, you know the entire organization's values. It was okay. ones that they decide themselves. I think that's that's really interesting because
0: it's great. You know, you've got your kind of four pillars, let's say yeah. uh, the foundations of those values. Um, I was recently reading, and, and we ran a book club here um the book called stand for something um by brian burkhart i never pronounced his name correctly i don't think i think mm-hmm. it's burkhart b-u-r-k-h-a-r-t um for those that are interested and it's all about power the power of building a brand people authentically love yeah. um so that's my kind of first question to you you've got had your four pillars you had your four values yes. you've just talked about how they evolved um so the question i've got for you around that is how did you go about making sure they were genuine values um, that the business believed in?
2: Yeah. So, you know, first, first part is you know, you've got to walk the talk, you know. So if I wasn't delivering on those, then how could I expect anyone else around me to, to deliver on those four pillars? Um, and so that was just repetition, a lot of communication, being on the site and you've also got to remember that when i joined the organization it was the middle of lockdown one okay Um, you know there was heightened stress a lot of uncertainty um you know we were a critical supplier into the into the uh, supply chain for you know vaccines and medicine around uh, finding a cure for covid but you know we were asking a lot of these very young people to come in and and work together in that very stressed environment and Mm. so Constantly being on the deck uh, in the early days, so I spent. You know, I, I don't live in Cambridge. I was driving across at five o'clock at five a.m. on a Monday morning, and, and heading home at Thursday afternoon at five o'clock. So, lots of time with the team and being in the trenches with them was really important to earn that trust and and to, to make sure that the the values were coming through. But how it evolved was really when we came to acquire a business called Senso Biotechnologies. And they were, where, you know, simply is where they were, where we were weak, they were strong. So they had great science, lots of scientific maturity, wonderful customers, but your traditional CRO, and a lot of wonderful cell lines in the freezers and fridges that they weren't exploiting. And where we were strong was probably on the on the much more, repetitive and stickier customer relationship with a commercial team and a little bit more pizzazz, I suppose, around uh, marketing and product. Um, but the two, when you joined them together, I had this wonderful asset, you know, this wonderful bunch of people that were really good at what they do, but then that's the easy part. The difficult part mm-hmm. is getting them to believe in it. So. Yeah, for sure. As I said, those four values were mine. Um, and so, you know, They've served me well, but they're not necessarily relatable to the other 43 people now in this new joint business. So we went and engaged um, with all, all, the, all the employees within the organisation because when you bring two businesses together, it's a complete reset. All the work that you've done to date, forget about it. It starts again. Okay. Um, so as, as, we were just getting to a point with the Axel foundation business and then we, we decided to go and make life difficult for ourselves. But it's been a great journey and a lot of fun. But needless to say, when we engage with the staff, um, they, you know, I ask, well, these are mine. What do you think? And I'm a tremendous believer in the why. Why is it that you get out of bed every day and turn mm. up to work and do what you do? And unless you've got a real strong affinity with the why, and how, and your employee base, and the and the company's vision and the company's values, right? Then it's just hard work. So you've got to make sure that's really tight. So I wanted to listen to and, and, and to hear what the employees and the talent in our organisation were saying. And so they came back and they said, well, we really like the performance and the accountability. We love the transparency because in science we want to, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. So we, we mm-hmm. like that. The honesty part, they said, well, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a hygiene factor. We really shouldn't have that. So they decided to change that out with acting with integrity. Okay. Um, which I think was much much better, and 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 you know you could, it's it's it has a meaning to it. You know, you can hold yourself to that. People protect their integrity. You're mm-hmm. born with it, as my dad would say. You're born with it, and mm-hmm. it's yours to lose every other day of your that you're alive. So um, that was great for them to come back with that. Diversity and inclusion uh, was brought on the table, and I thought this was fantastic from from the employees because. We're represented by, I think, at the moment, 17 different cultural backgrounds in a 43-person organisation. Wow. wow. Okay. You know, and, and not just from that, but we obviously have a, a very healthy gender mix as well across the organisation. And, and we've driven that, and it's because I think if you bring in a broad depth and breadth of, of talent and people into your organisation you get a better problem solving outcome you know you you become a little bit more understanding and empathetic towards how other people view the world or how they view the problem and if you can harness that you know it just in in our business of science and and interacting with complex science and and solving complex problems having that background of different different ways of doing things helps us get there quicker so the diversity inclusion was really important and then finally the other one that, that, that the organisation came back with was a collaborative culture, you know. And again, science is about collaboration. Sometimes it doesn't seem like that. I think in an academic sense, there's a little bit more competition there. But certainly in our business, where we're trying to solve really complex problems with stem, iPSC stem cells and neurodegeneration uh, disease modelling, you know, we've got to collaborate with each other. We have to collaborate with our customers. and And through that, collaboration with the transparency, with acting with integrity and the performance of that relationship and being accountable within the contract contract and, you know, supporting a global diverse customer base, all those things come together every day in everything that we do. And so that's what we ended up with. So it was performance, accountability, transparency, acting with integrity, diversity and inclusion and a collaborative culture. and so that was it. So we, the, the, the team were then able to, like, right, that's what we are. That's what we believe in. These are our values. And that's your starting point. That's ground zero for any rebuild or mm. any you know, change program. And so we're really happy to get to that.
0: Awesome, awesome. And you mentioned change there, and I'll come on to that in a minute. Um, Philip, I'm going to put you on the spot. I know you love it when I do this. Um, <laughs> you know, Liam was talking about the why there, and I think it's important, obviously, most people will well not most people actually I do talk to some people about Simon Sinek or Cynic or however people say it and um you know he always talks about the start with why but a lot of people haven't heard of that um what's your why Philippa why do you get out of bed in the morning and do what you do
1: I I think my absolute why and it has been from day dot is that I've got meaning to my work that what I'm doing has an impact and I think that's why I enjoy working in science because although I'm not doing the science anymore in the lab I'm helping to put the right people in the lab that can move a project forward that could then have an impact <clears throat> on a patient and the wider industry. So for me, it's having meaningful work and also understanding how my role fits into that bigger picture.
0: OK, awesome. And that's why I'm presuming. How many years have you been here now? Nine? Nine years, is it? That's not 19. 19. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was trying to do you a favour there. You can, you know, you can leave himself. him off the Christmas card list now. Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: okay. so I, I, I joined recruitment at the tender age of
0: eighteen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to do you a favour. Um, no, 19 years, right? So um, you, that must resonate to why you're still here at, at SRG. And um, off the top of my head, and I don't want to speak for you, um, but I also know you've got a bit of a cough today. Um, <laughs> I, um, you know, We're about harnessing now and cr- creating tomorrow's world um yes that's our strap line but there's there's values that that lie underneath that and you just talked then about how you know you want to be impactful you want to within the sector that you work in and working for a business that's so passionate about creating tomorrow's world and i'm not trying to put a plug here for srg but i'm just trying to look at the synergy between you your why and the business that you work for and i can really see that um liam we had a similar journey when i when i I may have talked about this on a prior podcast but I think it's worth repeating when i when i took over the, the search at, at srg um i asked the same question I, I sat down with um with the guys and i said right why why do we do what we what you do why why do you do it and um hannah and keith two leaders the search team um said we want to be impactful and they were both so animated in saying that um i think it's the right word to to use we want to be impactful we want to make a difference in in science so we said okay how do we do that through our role um through helping uh companies procure talent and they said well we want people need to be impactful they need to stay there they need to stay they need to be retained in those companies they need to last there to make a change okay fantastic how do we how do we do that um and we had a little think and we thought, okay. Um, data. We need to improve the data that we're providing our customers so they um can make the right hiring decisions for their business and can test the whole person so those people can be retained in their in their business. And and that's what we became. We became search search by SRG um a data driven resource solution. Um, and it's uh I'm pleased to say it's very successful. The people Keith and Hannah are still here. Um and we've then hired into the team based on on that people that want to be impactful in the industry so um what you're saying really resonates with me and i hope it resonates to those that are, are listening as well good. Um, good stuff so change you touched upon change and that's a massive topic that we could probably spend a whole another podcast yeah. talking about um i've been in quite a few companies that have gone through a lot of change um and he may listen to this podcast so i don't want to talk him down too much but i think the best change management I've had, um, in prior companies, and I won't talk about where I am at the moment, um, it got about as good as a, who moved my cheese on my desk in the morning when I came yeah. in, uh, prior to, uh, prior to a big announcement. So, um, what, what did you do to, or, or what would be your top tips in, in change management? Liam?
2: Yeah. So it's a good, it's a good question because, um, you yeah, know, I think, um, when we initially discussed doing this podcast um, a couple of weeks back, I actually went and asked um, a couple of my 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 team uh, that have been in the business and were there, you know, so, you know, there are five core employees that that were there at the beginning within the Axel team that are still here today. And there is about seven core employees in the sensors business that are still here today in, the, in, in its current form. So I went and asked those guys, I said, look, I'm going to get asked this question, what was your view around that? and their um, their the comment feedback was for them is that i um, I set out very quickly uh, and very clearly where I wanted to take the business. Um, so you know quote Stephen Covey, you know begin with the end in mind. I painted a, a vision and a picture of what we could be if we all work together and if we all stop doing all the unnecessary stuff that drag you know that just create chaos you know Mm. let's get the basic the basic business right let's eliminate the noise let's focus on where we can win um, and where we can be successful so that was the certainly a clear message that came back you know it sounds simply so you just came in and you gave really clear communication that came across as authentic and that um, you know it made sense. Um, that was the first part. The second part was being there in the trenches with the guys as they 're going through it mm. um, at all levels you know so um i don 't do uh, offices I I, I I hot desk whenever I go to site um, i 've always been that way I think it 's probably a little bit more of an Australian cultural piece is uh, to be much more open and and transparent around what you 're doing as a leader and as uh, as an as a person mm. So going through that and then, and then realising that actually there hasn't been, you know, you've got, to, you've got to coach people through change. You have to, some in some way respects, educate them through it. So all these feelings, all these stresses, all this anxiety that the, that the business was having and the individuals in it, I hadn't gone through that before. You know, I have a really young workforce, particularly in the early days of Axel and They'd not experienced it so and I realized that so we did uh, every Friday we uh, for a good period for a couple of months we just have a, a 30 minutes take take it out take the team out of what they were doing um, and educate them about change you know where were they on that change curve you know some of them would be, at the angry stage, some would be at the denial stage, some would be, you know, right at the front end of the curve and they've already got themselves through it and they're, they're engaged and motivated. But it was getting them to all understand they're all at different stages and that's okay, you know, and that's perfectly okay and everything that you're experiencing at this point is normal change behaviour. So that was the first um, part. The second part for me was creating an environment where, you could, they could be vulnerable and it was safe to challenge and it was safe to, to, you know, to, to be different and to, and to push back, but in a positive way, you know. So, um, no, but why, you know, or no, but, yeah, you know, it wasn't a point of, I can't do that. You know, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't acceptable. They had to come through it with, you know, with a positive outcome or a positive reason for that change. Now, to get that, again, if you all cast your minds back as to where we were, middle of lockdown one, loads of uncertainty, <laughs> supply chain in tatters, human capital shortages because of Brexit and, and, and obviously people being furloughed. And then you've got the added challenge within the Cambridge market where whoever's got the, the, the new shiny thing with the, new, with, the, with the big bag of cash backed by good funding, it becomes the most attractive place to be in Cambridge. I refer to it still as the Insula Peninsula. Um, but So I had all those things going on, but we invested a lot of time and effort in mental health and well-being. So I brought in a, a consultant to, to give the team and the people in the business the tools they needed to cope through that. And that was just little things, believe it or not, going back to basics about yeah. diet and the impact on blood sugar has, on, on your stress and your flight, flight, fight or flight response, sleep, uh, time management and planning. Um, you know, communication styles, so whether you're visual, auditory, kinesthetic, all these little things. And and I sat in and I did those sessions with the team. So I was, again, in the tr- in the trenches with them. And it was fantastic because I could understand who they were, why they were responding that way they were, and I could then change my style of communication to affect that. And ultimately, change is about trust. And if you've got to earn that trust, um, you know, well, I say that that's probably not true I have a simple philosophy in life I give you my trust and it's yours to lose you know I've never said to anyone you've got to earn it and, and I think that's a different mindset as well that plays towards building trust quickly with people
0: yeah definitely I mean you referenced um Stephen Covey at the start well earlier in the, in the conversation and obviously yeah. he he talks about um to to receive that trust from the work you know you've got to extend it yeah and it it was going to be a question of mine as to as to how you built it, but you, you've already answered it. In well, actually, you 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 give it from the off. Yeah. Um, you put that trust in people; um, yep. they will reciprocate that and, until it's broken. And I think that's the right way to go about it. Certainly yep. for for myself, yep. um, Philippa, When you when you're listening to Liam speak, there's a lot of synergies in there between. <laughs> you know what? I re- I'm going to cut myself across there. I I would really love to be you know, controversial and disagreeing and challenging and create a really, like, you know, <laughs> dynamic podcast in many ways. But there are so many synergies in what you're saying that actually really align to, I think, how Philippa and I feel and certainly the business. Like, you talked about basics. We have – is it beautiful oh. basics, Philippa, here?
1: Yeah. Where,
0: where, you know, you know. Ke- okay. Kelly talks about getting back to basics. Yeah. Again, you know, Kelly, our CEO of STEM here, when she's in the office, you know, comes and sits at a desk next to whoever. Yeah. Um, you know, unless there's a confidential meeting that needs to happen, no yeah. she's on the floor with everybody um there's a real lot of synergies, mm-hmm. and I think that's um yeah that's really really interesting hearing you talk about that and then thinking about the journey s r g have come on which I think is quite quite similar actually in many ways yeah. um okay okay um so we've talked about trust, I really appreciate the your key points on on change management um we've talked about values and you mentioned about that kind of seven core individuals i think i can't remember the exact expression you used and you've talked about that transparency in in feedback as well and i'm just kind of recapping on what we talked about um one of the things that comes from me and Philippo interested to see if you've had any experience of it as as a leader as well um is that honesty from your team and they've got, you've got to create that environment. So if you think about creating a positive workplace culture, my one is they've got to be that trusted, that safe environment to challenge directly. Yep. Um, yep. Kim Scott talks about radical candor, care yep. personally while challenging directly. And I can remember doing a, I think it was a launch last year with, with the New Look team. You know, we we'd hired a fair bit. It's a small team, but we doubled the size of it. And um, I did a launch and I was like, oh, I got off the call. I thought that went brilliantly. I was buzzing. I was like, yes, everyone's fired up. And my phone went. And um, Jan uh, Bate, one of of the individuals that works with me, and I've worked with her in a prior company, she just asked me a question. She said, and and I don't want to try and sound hierarchical here, but she reports into me, but I think it's good that our listeners are aware of that. You know, this is somebody that reports into me, so this is managing up. She said, Jacob, how do you think that went? And I was like, Jan, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Everyone was fired up. Yes, great. And I was really like patting myself on the back. She's like, no, Jacob, I don't think so. Um, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but she said, I, I don't think it came across like that. I think people are going to feel a bit anxious. I think people are going to feel a bit worried about about this. And I didn't agree with Jan, but I, I took it on board and I thought, right, if Jan feels like that, and maybe, maybe there are others. And I did, and I called around the team. And I asked, and some did, and some, some didn't feel the same way. And those that had perceived what I'd said the same way that Jan had, I was able to actually reframe it better, and they felt much more comfortable. Um, and I have to thank Jan and, uh, for that. And that's what I really encourage all of, everybody um, that works with me to, to challenge directly, because I know it's coming from a place of care. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really
2: important. Yeah, but to get that care, I think Jacob, you've, you've obviously created a safe environment, mm. and and that's that's I think a critical aspect. So you know, I, I completely relate to where you where you um, the, the example you've just given. Every month, I give a company update um, just on where we where we've been, where we're at, where we're going to go in the next thirty days, and it's not my natural. Um, Favored position. I, I'm not a one to many communicator. I, I much do a sort of one to one or a one to few uh, mm-hmm. in my communication style. So, and particularly then when you throw in, you know, remote workforces and you're having to do some of this not mm-hmm. usually in person, yeah. it just it just amplifies. And, and one of the the toughest things for me as I've grown into leadership roles is being really balanced in your communication and sensitive to the audience um you know i'm australian at heart you know i'm not backwards and coming forwards typically i'm usually pre- <laughs> usually pretty blunt um yep. but but living you know, i think 14 years in living in in the uk has probably mellowed me uh, a lot um uh, in terms of that but you know every time i give one of those presentations i think like, okay i think that went down well and you, and you call around to get the feedback from the from the troops and, you know, uh, yeah. I, I do reach out to a lot, not just my leadership team, but 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 a lot of other employees and in, 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 in talent in the business. And there's always that one person or two people that say, you know what, I didn't like when they said that or I didn't, you know, that that point really didn't come across as you should. And I think, you, you yeah, there's two things to that. One, that's you're always going to have it. Um, you, you can't connect with every single person at that right moment in time at that level. Within the business, Absolutely. which is yeah. which is why you know we do a lot of value based communication. I'll talk a little bit about some of the platforms we use there, if you, if you don't mind. Um, but the, the the second thing is, how awesome is it that they can actually come up to the to come yeah. up to me and actually say, yeah, you didn't nail that, that tanked, or you know, you might need to clarify your wording on this next month because it was a little bit ambiguous, you know. Mm. And 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 that's the type of environment that we've worked really bloody hard to achieve and and to set that culturally. Um, And that's, for me, it comes down to two things. Well, three things. Uh, Number one, uh, showing vulnerability. You know, I don't get all the calls right. You know, I have bad days as as well as other people. Um, And so being vulnerable in that moment and certainly having number two, that's first number one. Number two is having a really good leadership team around you. Um, our leadership team at the moment is Axel, I think is is firing on all four c- cylinders. Uh, we can be very uh, candid with each other. We can robustly debate or disagree, but as soon as we commit, we commit um, to the decision. And, and so we've had some experience, sadly, we've had some experiences of that um, in the past at leadership level, as well as at a, a more operational level. And, and it's something that Sonia um, Ansel, my HR director, and I uh, review religiously um, because that's the type of personalities you don't want in any business, particularly one that's going through change.
1: Thanks, uh, Liam. But- um, yeah, I, and apologies, I've been listening in the background without trying to cough. <laughs> I'm doing so quite good so <laughs> far. Um, but yeah, just touching on some of your points, I, I love the whole creating that safe. And vulnerable space, I think that just naturally will foster more questions, more ideas, more innovation. So I think that's great. And as Jacob says, that's very much our sort of mantra here at SRG. Um, but what I'm really interested to understand is, you know, you've got the team, you know, you've created those values that are meaningful. And I love Mm. the fact that you've got the employees on board with that. I think that's great engagement. What I'm really interested to understand is, you know, with any change management. Going forward, how do you protect that? How do you keep that yeah. momentum? And also, what I'm really interested to understand is how are you going to embed those values into your hiring strategy to make yeah. sure that anybody else that joins Axol, you know, is the right people to continue this momentum.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's a great, great, great question, and and it's it, it's you've just got to protect what you've started. So there's a couple of things there that we've done, uh, some of it unique and some of it you know in my view old school um, so the first the first part of that is you know if I just answer it in reverse order um, in the recruitment process you know I you typically the candidates will go through two definitely two maybe three interviews um, with a presentation um, I've interviewed all but one new joiner uh, to our organization over the last sort of two and a half years and and I'm not there to make the decision of whether they're in or they're out uh, of Axel, but I'm there to communicate the values. Uh, mm. It's really important that they hear that from the leader of the organisation. They've they they've heard it through from Sonia as she screens initial candidates as head of HR. They'll then hear that from the hiring manager as well. But uh, yeah, for me, it's you know, you can say these things and, and look, I've been in organisations where you, you know, you put up your values on a poster in the wall and that's what we are. And to me, again, I didn't have any connection as to why with that and I didn't feel that affinity. So for me, there's, there's always a conversation with new joiners or potential candidates around the values that we are still in this organisation. I'm very clear that, you know, this is it, this, this is really matters. So we have that, very upfront conversation. We made it very clear through the whole process. So if that individual comes, you know, they know what they're getting themselves into. Um, and then obviously they know what's expected value-wise from day one. That's the first element. The, th- the second element, um, which is a little bit unique, is um, we have a variable pay structure. Um, so, you know, being in a, in a competitive market, we want to keep our talent Um, we have very 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 intelligent people with amazing skills that solve complex problems so it's in our interest to make sure that talent is engaged and retained in the business we we go through a lot of recruitment process we spend a lot of time in that you know so unless you invest in it through ensuring rewards and benefits are right and your variable pay structure reflects values it's you're not going to keep them and so we have a a certain percentage of everyone's variable pay in the organisation tied to demonstrating and living those values uh, every day they turn up to work. Now, that's easy to put in place. What's difficult is that values are subjective. My view of someone's behaviour or or are they living those values is completely different to their line manager or completely different to themselves, how they think they're they're behaving and, and, and how they're you know, enabling or ingratiating themselves to those values in the organisation. And so it becomes subjective and that's never a good place to be um, when you're looking at variable pay. Um, so what we did is we went out to market, we were looking for a platform that promoted positivity in the workforce because um, I also found because we've got a, a, you know, a younger workforce, there's a lot of social channels, WhatsApp and and, and such that, you know, and you're going through change, those WhatsApp channels can be can become a neg- an echo chamber of negativity. Um, and so we wanted to create a platform that was much more positive, that was people could get on there, praise praise each other uh, for the good work that they've done. And so we invested in a platform called Mo Moments at Work, and there are others out there as well. Um in in the marketplace but we felt this one was the right one for the size of organization we were and you know it's about getting on there and saying well great you've done this moment of work today you know it might be we've landed a new customer it might actually be we've just nailed a tri culture you know, culture experiment for for a customer that's enabled some fantastic data it might be hey thanks for coming and helping me out in the storeroom cleaning out these you know, these fridges and freezers it it's about an opportunity for others to praise their work colleagues. And what that does is that you have a history of those values and behaviors being called out um, on a platform that leaves, you know, I'm an accountant at heart. There is a, there's a trail of it. You can't fake that. You can't, Mm. uh, you can't sort of just get through it for the first three months. It's a sustained effort. And what it does is it, it, Positivity breeds positivity, you know. It's like winning becomes a, mm. a habit, right? And so, if you're on there and you're doing it, it it just feels, well, simply positive energy, you know. If I'm having a bad day, um, I'll jump on there and have a look at what great things that the people within Axel are doing to drive success for our customers, to support each other uh, in their work, and you just walk, you you jump off it, and you and you feel good about what you're doing, and so. That was that was sort of the three elements. Be clear up front what's expected. Um, try and incentivize people to to tie that through, measure that um, you know, in a in a in a traditional sense that you can see consistency and activity around that. And that were the th- uh-huh. th- the three parts that really drove it. And then finally, it's obviously goal setting, you know, uh-huh. making sure that. Uh, our values come through in our company metrics you know so performance and accountability we want you know X percent of revenue growth this year we want uh, you know transparency you know in, in what we do so how many follow-on projects have we got you know um, what's our customer complaint rate um, if we look at diversity inclusion like you know 17 of our 43 people are come from a, a different cultural backgrounds Um these are things that i measure and that i communicate down through the organisation to reinforce it but the importance of the goal, individual goals being able to see what they do in their role that ties to their function that ties to the company success and that's the final part of it really for me how it all ties together and how we protect it and we can we continue to reinforce it Brilliant.
0: And I think that reinforcing is so important. That's fantastic. And and great question, um, Philippa. So as we come to the end of the podcast, um, Liam, Philippa will be aware of this and may have been making some notes and having some bullet points. Um, (laughs) So I'm really sorry, I am going to put you on the spot. Go um, for it. What we like to do, um, what we like to do, Liam, is just wrap up with kind of yep. a summary and a couple of takeaway points for our listeners because we do cover Ooh. quite a lot in these podcasts and some, yep. some deep stuff. So, um, Liam, I'll come to you first, then Philip yep. part, and then I'll, I'll take the really difficult part of going last and hoping that I'm not just <laughs> going to regurgitate Every- something you've already said. Everyone's
2: done the hard work for you, Jacob. You mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I, either that or I'm going to have to, like, really try and think of something that you haven't already said so okay. liam for right in it in, mm-hmm. in the shoes of uh anybody actually that's working for a business that that's about to go through that kind of change yeah. or that are looking at the culture of their organization what are the top we'll go with two what are the top oh. two bits of advice or takeaways that you would you would give to to those individuals
2: yeah, I think number one is is define your values that, that you want to create in the organisation and, um, and ensuring that those values tie in at a very personal level uh, to each individual's why. You know, why do they do what they do? Why do they turn up to your, your, your business every day? Um, I think that's number one. Um, number two is probably clarity of vision. Uh, where do we want to go? as as an organization, how do those values that we've decided on um, enable us to get there through creating a really positive culture? Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three, I know you've asked for two, but number three That's is a clear, is a clear strategy you know you, you know, I st- still quote it you know culture each strategy for breakfast um, you know values and culture together are really powerful, but if you've mm-hmm. got a a knockout strategy, then you know, strap yourself in because your business is going to going to just go to the moon. So, you know, it still should not be forgotten about.
0: Absolutely right, Philip. Over to yourself.
1: Um, yeah, I've also got three. Um, Liam's already nicked one of mine. It was obviously the <laughs> values. So, <clears throat> but obviously, yeah, I think just emphasising the importance of values um, and just making sure they're meaningful to employees. But I guess I'll replace that one to say, I really think this podcast is just really emphasised, you know, don't be afraid of change. You know, change can be a great thing. And although it can be a difficult journey at times, you know, great things can come from change. And it's really about getting people on board. I think my second thing that's really stood out from what Liam said is I love the fact that he really went back to basis. I mean, you essentially did a SWOT analysis yeah. back, Sol. You really bottomed out. These are our strengths, guys. These are our weaknesses. And I think by doing that, it really allowed you to step back, create that vision, and then start to build and grow. And I think, you know, it is all about going back to basics and being honest about what what you're good at and what you're not good at. Mm -hmm. And then the third and final one, which I think is a real passion of mine, is I think this is such a great example of um, diversity and inclusion. You know, this shows the huge benefits and the positive impact You can have by creating a workforce that's diverse and inclusive. You know, all those ideas, bringing all those people together. I just think this is a great example and it's something that should be really celebrated. You know, 17 cultural backgrounds across your workforce. I mean, I just think that's such a great achievement.
2: Thanks, Philippa. That means a lot. That's great. No, it really
0: is. It really is. And we won't go into it now. Maybe we'll get you one again. But what I was really, one of the questions I was going to ask, and we could talk forever about it, so we'll save it for another day. But I was really interested to think about how all of that diversity in the business—how, um, like, their whys must be must be so different. Their 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 social backgrounds, the d- diversity there must be so different. So it'd be really interesting to explore that maybe uh, in the future. Yeah. Um, my my three, um, I will go with three. Embedding the embedding of of it and, and keeping it alive keeping those values alive keeping culture alive i think i talked at the start about how to create a positive workplace culture and i think actually it's how to create and embed a positive workplace culture and that's something that that book stand for something talks so importantly about and you've used some fantastic examples today around making sure that your values are not just your values but they go and they touch your your pay structure they go yeah. and touch how you're rewarding recognition recognizing your staff they go in the messaging to your customers who the customers are that you're working with because yeah. they will retain working with you because they have shared vision and values
2: 100 so yeah. percent.
0: that's 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 the first one the second one for me is is absolutely sharing your goals and your vision um i've made the mistake before to just think this is what we need to do and i've not shared that my end vision and goal clearly enough I learned that previously. I came to SRG in, in, in the teams that I'm in now and we know what we were striving for. We've just hit our three-year goal now and now it's about setting new goals for the next next three years. Um, so that's, that's my second fully agree. Um, and the third and final is that safe environment. I know we all agree with, with, with this um, and all agree with the, the summary points. Um, that safe environment where people can challenge directly in a positive way uh, yeah. Not whinging, I'm not talking about that, or complaining, but to actually positively challenge um, and, and call leaders out and manage up, I think is incredibly important. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're my, my three takeaways. I fully agree with yours, um, also both of you. But uh,
2: Make sure you I, celebrate that success you've had. That's the other good thing as well. Yeah, the, the small
0: milestones, right?
2: You've got to yeah. get that positive mm. yeah.
0: workforce and celebrate success, celebrate those little yeah. steps. In, in recruitment, um, just bringing it back, like a great example is everyone thinks, oh, you celebrate when you made that placement. Absolutely not. We celebrate, and I encourage my teams to celebrate when we find the right sort of candidates, when we get those interviews, when we deliver yeah. the shortlists, when we get a meeting with a customer we've been really wanting to work with because we align to their business, not okay, we may not win that. But if we make the big wins, that's going to be too few and far between. So actually, let's celebrate the small wins as well. I couldn't agree more.
2: Terrific. Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. Liam, it's been an absolute pleasure. Philippa, well done um, for recognizing that this would be a great topic yes. and, and cele- celebrate um, creating a, a positive workplace culture.
2: Thank you both. It's been, it's been loads of fun. And, and again, it's, um, it's, it's lovely to, to be able to have people recognise the change that Axon's gone through externally um, and, and, and be able to celebrate that with you guys here on the podcast this morning. So thank you very much and very honoured.
0: Make sure you click subscribe to listen to future Think Bigger podcasts. And to listen to our previous podcasts, visit srgtalent.com. Click on insights and podcast and make sure to follow SRG on LinkedIn to keep up to date on the latest insights and articles to inspire yourself and also your workplace.